Good evening everybody, welcome to Let's Talk Assassin's Creed, your number one podcast for all things Assassin's Creed. Good evening everyone and welcome to episode 159 of Let's Talk Assassin's Creed. Uh, in this episode we are back with another of our community spotlight episodes. We haven't done one for a while and uh, there's a community we've been chatting to for a while. They were a big help during the um, AC community relief event. And I thought, do you know what, Declan? It's time we meet them for for real and have a good conversation. So, uh, Declan, why don't you introduce our guest? I will do, but I've realised I may have made an editing mistake already. Go on. So, I have named my profile Chris Rose, which is my middle name. Yes. Our guest is Chris from Creed Scholars. <laughs> Do you know, I had my finger hovering over the stop button there to stop the recording and we'd start. Do you want to continue? Yeah, yeah well, no? I'll figure out right. editing. All right. No worries. No worries. Chris, welcome to the show, mate. Hi. How are you doing, guys? Thanks. We're all right. We're all right. As, as usual, editing audio gremlins, but hey, we're fine. We're fine. Um, so yeah, Chris, uh, I guess you could say like, representing the entirety of Creed Scholars, if that's yeah. a, big, is that a big weight to carry. Yeah, well, always, always been, it's always hard being in charge of something, so yeah. Need to lead the charge and talk for the team. All good, all good. Um, so let's get the obvious out of the way. Uh, a, a, a resident, a native of Scotland? Yes, I am as Scottish as they come. Very good, very good. <laughs> Uh, and as we were talking just before we hit record, uh, you and Declan actually live fairly close together, at least relative anyway. Yeah. Um, but on different sides of the border. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't aware that he was that close. Like I said, I thought he was much further south, closer to London or something. But yeah. It's, uh, no, it's Declan's I'm... very soft, gentle, beautiful voice, you see, <laughs> you know. It, it's because I um, I don't have an accent. Because I've lived all over Cumbria, um, I've I'm originally from Barrow in Furness, which is Lancaster way, but I've lived in Whitehaven, Workington, Maryport, Spatria, Wigton, Fletcher Town, uh, <laughs> Walnut Island, which is by Barrow, and I finally settled in Carlisle, uh, seven years ago. So. After all that moving, I have no northern accent because <laughs> Barrow people talk weird. Maryport people go around going, "Are you mad at house again?" <laughs> I, I I couldn't stick to that, and yeah, so I just developed that. I'm not walking around going, "Are you mad at house again? What are you up to?" <laughs> no, I just stick to a soft voice. At least you can then understand me. <laughs> See, That's I do lucky. talk slightly different when I'm on the mic or I'm I'm talking to people that aren't close to me because if I was to just talk normally, then most people probably wouldn't understand me. So <laughs> I try and slow it down. <laughs> now, about two thirds, according to our, our um, we our, our podcast is hosted through a service called Anchor, which is um, part of Spotify. Yeah, and through Spotify, we get lots of analytics. And a good chunk, I forget if you can, can you remember, Declan? It's like 60% or more of our listeners are in the US. Wow. Um, so, you know, if you wanted to go full Glaswegian, 
you know, and really, really <laughs> mess with them. We, we could do that. I'm sure they'd love it, you know. Um, All right. <laughs> my God. Right. Um, so where do we start? Um, I'll tell you, let's start with a, a nice sort of uh, intro question. When did you first play an Assassin's Creed game? Which one was it? How did you first hear about it? You know, what what was the story? Well, my story starts at the beginning when AC One came out, and I'd never actually heard of it. And I was all, I've been a big gamer since the age of four or five, so I'd never heard of it. And I was at a friend's house. I think the game had been out about a month, and I so it was Dem- it was December, and. I was around my friend's house, he had it, and we're, he was playing it, and he was, I just thought it was the weirdest looking thing ever. Because it's just the atmosphere in that game. I'm big in atmosphere for games. And AC1 just oozes it, still to this day. And I seen it, and I was just, from that moment, I was like, I need, I need this. So I got it, and then that was me hooked forever, basically. <laughs> Nice. Couldn't put it down. So you and Declan, you have that in common then, because yours, your first one was AC1, wasn't it, Declan? It was, yeah. Mine was the first few weeks of AC1 coming out. I saw my friends play it, and I kind of picked it up because I was addicted to Prince of Persia, which yeah. I'm dying for a new Prince of Persia game because I love that franchise. So I played AC1 for Prince of Persia, then got addicted for something else. 15 years, though, is... A long time to play a game. Let's yeah. be realistic. <laughs> yeah, well, see, the thing was, growing up, funnily enough, I was, like, obsessed with Grand Theft Auto games, even though I was just a wee guy at the time. My mum and dad still bought me the things they didn't mind. Are those anyway, games really children-friendly? I mean, to- I'm not, I'm not your dad. I, I don't care. But, yeah. <laughs> not at all. I played them when I was young. I was, I was, I think I was... 13 or something when Vice City came out anyway that's what I was obsessed with growing up and then I was 19 when Assassin's Creed came out and as soon as that I seen that and I started playing that and I got hooked on that and that has just been my life since <laughs> wait were you 19 when AC1 first came out? I think see I don't know I'm so bad at maths I don't even want to try and figure out my head because I'm so bad at it but I'm 34 right now I'll be 35 in a couple months. Okay, I feel bad because I started it when I was 12, so <laughs> at least you, like, kind of played AC1 around the age you were meant to. Uh, I played it at 12, so... You're just both wee babbies, that's all I can tell you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and from from then on, Chris, was it, you know, every release? You, yeah, you, every you release. waited expectantly. I was waiting, and... I was waiting, and that was, it was... When AC2 was coming out, and I don't know if you ever saw it, but it was an advert on TV, and and it was the British version of the advert, because I'd looked it up on YouTube years later, and there's a different version. The, the American version is the same trailer, but it's different music in it, and it just, it just showed you Exo running across the rooftops, and like, in time with this like dubstep tune or something like that, and at the time I was like, oh my god, this looks amazing. So yeah, it's just after that every game I just I liked and that's that's what I said on my wee bio thing on my website. It's just that I do actually genuinely love every AC game. There's not one of them I don't like. And people have called me a fanboy and stuff in the past, and I'm just like, you know what? I don't even care. You can call me what you want because I like it. It's good. See what you want. 
Can I say, this This feels unfair now, James. Why is it when I say, I like every AC game, everyone says, Declan, you're being too diplomatic. <laughs> Chris does it, everyone's like, oh, fanboy. I want to well, be there's, a fanboy. There's, there's, there's a very simple reason there, right, Declan? Um, Chris is a guest, and you always treat guests with respect. You make them tea, you know. Um, so we will not push Chris on, on this, but you, sir, you are a host. And one day, one day you're going to tell me, actually, James, I do like returning to X game or Y game. But you won't admit it yet. Maybe maybe in another year's time, I'll have ground you down. <laughs> do you have a, do you have a, okay, let's go from there then, Chris. So is there a game, um, maybe in one of the main releases, maybe one of the older mobile releases that really hooked you and you, you played and played and played, or you still go back to now because you just like to go back? Well, I still play all of them to this day because there was a time in my life where I wasn't really gaming as much. I still played AC games when they came out, but I just wasn't gaming as much. There was just other things going on in my life. So things like Rogue, uh, Syndicate, like I didn't complete them for like years and years later. Whereas like things like Assassin's Creed 1, I must have... 100% like at least 100 times by now just like it's ridiculous <laughs> on that point should we uh, should we just have a little call back to the community relief fundraiser and your your epic um uh live stream oh yeah go for it because so just to set the scene for everyone we, um Arshak and I were, were sort of filling out the schedule of the live streams for the the two-week fundraiser um and i don't know if we tapped you up chris or whether you i can't remember now whether you came to us and said i'll, I'll do a live stream i, I love ac1 i'll i'll do a I'll, you tr- you were do a marathon you were going to try and do like a hundred percent um marathon in one stream yeah um and we said sure and i think i remember dming you the next day when you'd finished it and you were, I mean, you tell us one flag away or just a tiny hand. <laughs> I, I, there was a few a few mistakes in it. Right, so basically, yeah, I think it was Arsh that had contacted me in the first place to be a part of the whole thing. And then you had made the Discord server and I jumped into that. And I, everyone was just like putting out ideas like, what can we do? all these things and at the time I'd already been asked to do like virtual photography competitions but I was trying to think right I would like to try and do something else try and do more so that's when I was like well this AC1 uh, marathon thing this is something that I had already been planning to try and do for at least two years so I thought well you know what this is probably the best time to do that so that's when I just I put it in, like, would this work? Because I honestly had no idea. I've never streamed before or anything at that point. So, so just like, you know what, wow. put it out there. And then if I was like, yeah, you should do that. Let's do that. I was like, right, okay. I've got, like, something like two weeks or something to prepare. So <laughs> let's go for it. It was, I mean, for, for everyone involved, that was an incredible project. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize you'd never, I mean, we have streamed occasionally on the, on the podcast on our on our YouTube channel, I've done a little bit on my own personal channel, just really just for the, just to see what it's like to set up. 
Um, but you'd never done any of that before. So this was all yeah. brand new, setting yeah. up the overlay, setting up your Xbox and all the voice stuff. Yeah, that was all brand new to me. Like the the overlay thing took me out two days. <laughs> I was like trying to figure it out. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, no, it was really good because I'd I'd never done any streaming of any kind. The only thing I've ever done before that was I'd done another Assassin's Creed podcast where I made an appearance on... On that one, or really to say, <laughs> you could say the name Kushkan, yeah, yeah. All right, it's the the other Assassin's Creed podcast that's run by the Tees or the Cups, as you call them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think they're called Assassin's Creed Lawcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that they invited me onto their podcast. Was it? It was last year. At some point, I can't remember. This the past year to me has been a complete blur, but um, yeah, they invited me on to talk a little bit about stuff, and they were doing a specific episode about um, the Exio collection and the lore in it and stuff. So that was really fun. So I, that was the first thing I'd ever done, and then the the stream, yeah, had done that, and now that the stream was amazing. <laughs> how long, how long were you streaming for in the end? Oh, I can't actually remember now. I think it was something like 13 and a half hours. May, uh, may, uh, no, four, maybe 14 and a half. I didn't need to go back and look at the video. but um, And that's I was actually really surprised because I set the target for about 15 hours. And that's just that was just based off of me completing that game so many times and knowing pretty much where the majority of flags were off the top of my head and thinking right that would probably take this amount of time to do the first district and then this amount of time to do the second district and I planned it all out so I, I thought about 15 hours and then by the end it was about 14 no about 13 14 hours and then at the same time that was with lots of technical problems near the beginning of the stream where we were trying to get this chat thing sorted and all this stuff. So there was a lot of that stream where, well, not a lot of it, but a wee chunk of that stream where I was literally just standing doing nothing because I'm messing mm. about on the computer. <laughs> mm. you, d- you did amazingly. And um, this is one of the questions I wanted to ask you. So when, when you offered to do the the marathon and you said, I'm going to go for 100%. I, I've played AC1 once. I've yeah. done the story. I picked up a flag when I saw it, but I didn't look for any. Um, there's also Templar hunts, isn't there? Um, and yeah. again, I know I did a few because I found the Templars, but I didn't go out of my way. There were 60 of them. them. So, this was, so there's 60 Templar hunts. How many flags is there? 420. Well, techni- technically there's 69 Templars <laughs> and 420 flags. Are you kidding? No, I'm not. That is true. Because there's, there's the 60 Templars that you kill that are just dotted around the map. Yeah. But then there's the nine Templars that you kill throughout the story. So technically there's sixty nine Templars. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> Oh dear. Ubisoft right. with our yeah. Of, you know. yeah. So here's here's my question. I assumed that during your stream you'd have you're, you're on Xbox, right? So you'd have yeah. your, your telly with your, your console and then maybe a laptop or an iPad with an online guide or a map. But you yeah. didn't need that because you knew Well, I knew I know the majority of the flags in the game. I don't know mm. them all off by heart. Like the first, the first few cities I could do blindfolded probably. Whereas the later stage of the game, it is I do need to follow a map. And I don't know if you'd seen it at the time, but I was I posted an example of it on my Twitter, 
and it was literally just a map with like different routes that I would take at different points of the game. So it was like the red line would be route one, the purple line would be route two. And it just, to anyone that doesn't understand, it just looks like a complete mess. <laughs> but I knew how to follow it, so it was fine. <laughs> uh, you did, I mean, it was awesome. It was an awesome stream. I could watch for a little bit, but I was in and out of... Oh, I was not expecting yeah, anyone to watch the whole thing. <laughs> you had the raid. Tell us about the raid. Oh, yeah. How was that? We that was really cool. Probably set the scene. So to to help support the um, the fundraiser, uh, this was in the second week. Um, Ubisoft News they do a weekly stream on their YouTube on Twitch, and they play any any game from the whole Ubisoft um, you know stable. Um, and to support the live stream, they said they would play. I think they were going to play Revelations and then come and and raid whoever we had. Yeah. You were playing AC1, so it worked perfectly. We've got the two games that represent the area um, of uh, of Syria and uh, Turkey. Um, so, yeah, they, they have hundreds and hundreds of viewers. And then they said, right, we're going to go and raid. Yeah. Uh, you know, remember? The, so, so what happened at that moment when they went bang? Yeah, so I did. I got, like, a message and that. And they were like, yeah, right, so they're going to they're gonna do it soon in the next couple of minutes and stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, right. And I actually just felt really nervous all of a sudden because I didn't know what to expect. Never even been streaming before. And then, all like I said, all I'd basically done up to that point was a few practice streams and preps and stuff like that. So it happens and then I just see the viewer count go up by like hundreds at a time and I'm like, what is going on, man? <laughs> It's crazy. <laughs> Never, and I actually, I felt really nervous because just knowing that there was that many people watching me at that one moment, and in the game, I was like in the middle of a fight or something at the time, I think, and I'm like trying to like win this fight. And I'm like, hi guys, this is amazing. <laughs> How are you staying? Thanks for coming by. Ah, oh, it was good. And then because of that, like I said, I had made the Twitch account for the for scholars a few weeks before that and i think we had about 10 followers or something whilst i was doing the preparation streams and then by the end of that stream that day our twitch account had just over 100 followers and i was like what is going on and then i i got an email from twitch and I'm like yeah you've got affiliate status now not here's all these benefits and you should use this to do this and all this and i'm like okay like and we've done a wee bit of streaming after that but i've still i'm trying to figure out the best way to do it because i don't want it to just go to waste i feel like we should take advantage of that so yeah so we we've done a little bit i mean first of all to say you did brilliantly that day thank you very you much you really did it was a fantastic part of that whole schedule we had we had ikrake who did a revelations marathon yeah. And to have you available and willing to do an AC1 marathon and to have those two games covered was just was just perfect. So you did brilliantly. Um, we've done a bit of streaming occasionally on our channel and I quite enjoy it, but I find the problem is that I can't do it that often. So if I pick a game yeah. to stream, it could take me a year to finish it just because I don't stream that often. And you've got to schedule it. You've got to make time in your life, haven't you? Yeah, to exactly. Set up and go, whereas... When you play yourself, I've got 20 minutes. I'll just go and play a mission or do yeah. a level or do a side quest, you know. And you've got to be a bit more structured and, yeah. and really plan for the time, haven't you? Um, See, my problem is I don't want to stream 
and just be sitting there trying to talk to people in the stream. Like, I can do that, but I'm better with someone else talking to me. So I'm thinking about doing this thing where maybe whilst I'm streaming, get someone to come in in the chat and talk to me. So it's almost like a podcast. It's almost like a let's play. It's kind of mold them together or something, you know. That'd be really but, nice, I think. Because me just trying to talk to the camera whilst I'm playing a game, like, I was trying to do it for that uh, comic relief. Comic relief, what am I talking about? <laughs> the turkey relief stream. And I had uh, six keys, like, try to help me out, like, explain to me, like, what I should talk about. Because I'm like, I don't even know what to do. And they're, like, telling me, like, all right, just say what you're doing at the time and I'm like okay <laughs> and I'm just doing this thinking I feel like an idiot but <laughs> I, I don't like it feels like the most unnatural thing yeah and you do get used to it over time but at the start yeah I totally sympathize it's it's weird <laughs> let's yeah. be honest it's weird um so yeah I do uh I do do empathize very much um with those uh those early days, uh, Declan. I think um, Chris doing that that epic stream for Creed Scholars is uh, a nice segue into Creed Scholars. Right. Yeah. So, <clears throat> sorry, I'm losing my voice here. I was just thinking that um, I started this podcast talking to myself for 15 minutes a day every week. Right. So I think for me, streaming is just comes so naturally because yeah. I just never shut up talking anyway. <laughs> But I think my biggest question about Creed Scholars is actually how you came up with the name. Because when making a community of Assassin's Creed or trying to become a creator, creating a name that's going to be impactful and remembered is quite difficult. It took me yeah. six tries to get Let's Talk AC right. Yeah. So what was the inspiration for Creed Scholars? Well, that's really interesting that you brought the fact up that the name being important because that's always something that I've always believed in as well. That is like if you can get the name of it right, then people will remember that. So the scholars of the creed thing, funnily enough, my group existed before that name. We used to be called something else years ago, and it was the precursor box. Don't know if you ever came across that name. Obviously, you did in Assassin's Creed, but <laughs> in the community, because when they first came up with the idea, it was probably 2018, and I went under by that name, and I started doing stuff on Twitter then, and Call from the ones who came before actually contacted me, and he interviewed me at the time. And basically, done a wee thing, that happened, and then some stuff happened in my personal life that I won't go into, and basically, I just walked away from it all, I deleted the account, everything, just walked away, and then, a, probably a year and a half later, I came back onto Twitter, and I was just, with my personal account, just kind of seeing what was what, trying, like I said, on my thing, I've been in the AC community on the outskirts of it for a long time, just never really talking to anyone or doing anything. And then, yeah, the name, like I said, when I came back, I knew I needed to change the name. I didn't like that name to begin with. Um, 
and I knew that AC1 was the one that I'd played the most and I thought, right, well, I love all this stuff about knowledge and learning and that's what you need to do, do you know what I mean? So and I was like, oh, the scholars, oh, there's like the wee guys and that are helping you get in the cities and all that. <laughs> and that is literally, it's as simple as that. It just came from, like, what is something that is something to do with Assassin's Creed that kind of, you know, talks about learning and study and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it was just that. And then the, the, the logo that we made, that was always... Like in the back of my mind, I thought the jigsaw piece and it would be perfect to like bring people together, all about learning, all these types of things. So, can I can I just make a little tiny segue there? Your logo, yep. I really like it. I don't know if you've seen the series. Um, is it on Netflix or is it on Sky Atlantic? Um, oh my god, <laughs> what's the series called with the the androids in the? Marco is a big fan of it as well. Um, what well, I'm so stupid. I've come off mute to make a quick point and I've forgotten <laughs> the name of the bloody TV series. Um, uh, Westworld. Have you Westworld. seen Westworld? No, I see. I've not. That's one of the things I should have seen. But right. I've not so yet. there's there's a little symbol that's kind of hidden and it's revealed in certain places and it's a, right. it's like a very small maze and I don't know what it is, but something about your your puzzle logo just always reminds me of Westworld's yeah. maze, which is kind of hidden at the center of the of the head so i, I just love that logo anyway, see, sorry, uh, uh, story. <laughs> our logo always reminded me slightly of the levantine logo because that's it's like a wee square maze thing almost i'm not actually sure what that even represents but yeah so it's it's quite a unique name because i joined the community in 2019 for the first story time of the podcast and I think I did stumble upon your account when it started going as I was getting more in the community and yeah. it just the name always stuck out to me and was quite unique and I was like before I even had the smart idea to get help and bring guests on I was like they do seem like an account where you could just chill and talk to them and they'll probably help you yeah so it does go to show how like iconic the name stood out well, that's really good to hear because that's exactly what we're going for. <laughs> and it was me just literally creating a name that was right. I'm doing a podcast. What I'm doing. I'm talking. Right. Let's talk. Oh, Assassin's Creed. Done. Makes sense. Makes <laughs> sense. I got to say, right, your your point there about getting the name right is so important. And Declan, on on the show that I have joined and that we do together, there are a number of other Assassin's Creed podcasts out there, and um, some of them. Um, they don't have Assassin's Creed in the title, so they're quite hard to find. So I, th- I think having the right name, the right words in the title, it just helps with search. Yeah. Um, so it is, there is a bit of an art to it, that's for sure. Yeah, well, the thing is, is that I obviously wanted something unique, but I spent, honestly, so long trying to figure out that name. <laughs> that was like half the battle. <laughs> Because I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted, there was two goals. There was, goal one was to create a place that was like welcoming and wouldn't judge you, things like that. And then second of all, I wanted to make a group, bring a group of really talented people together to create things together 
that have to do with Assassin's Creed, obviously. And like I was saying, like Gunner was with me from the start, the artist. He was with me when we were called the Precursor Box. It, it was just me and him, and we had I had the idea to do this, and I'd been following him for a while on Twitter, and I'd always seen his art, and I, I just messaged him one day, and I was like, "Look, man, like." I'm such a big fan of your artwork. Like, I've got this idea. I want to do this Assassin's Creed group. Like, can I commission you to do this artwork for me for a website? And he was like, yeah, no problem. And he was, like, totally on board for it. And then at the end of it, I was like, do you want to join the team? And he was like, yeah. So, and then that was the beginning, so... Sorry, I forgot my mic was on mute. Uh, <laughs> great professionalism by me. So, you actually did make a point that I did actually want to discuss with you because it's something I'm. Even though I've had the discussion for a while, it's something I'm starting to learn now. How hard is it to run a community with knowing that Assassin's Creed is probably one of the most divisive communities out there? So, how hard is it to try and run? A community to make sure that everyone is playing fair because we all love Assassin's Creed and that should be our talking points but some people don't like others the most and it can get heated so how do you make sure that communities run fair because it's something that I do want to learn for our discord is to make sure everyone's behaving nicely <laughs> yeah well I see that's a hard question I don't know um I mean from the beginning, we we didn't have Discord and we didn't have forums or anything like this. We just had this Twitter account. So keeping track of a community wasn't too hard in terms of what they are going to say or do because we were just posting pictures. We'd get comments and stuff. But I've always been very aware of who is following us on our account. And I was talking to my team about this other day. And it's because every time someone follows us, I will usually check their account out and have a wee quick look through it. Because I've just got no time for people that are like racist, homophobes, transphobic, any of this stuff. Like, just don't have time for it. So if if I find that crap on your account, from looking at it for two settings then you're just going to get blocked and I think from that alone has made it easier in terms of like our discord server because everyone that is in our discord server we've only ever really had a couple of small issues with people saying weird stuff or whatever but you know (laughs) that's going to happen I'm quite worried what you mean by weird stuff because James knows how odd I am on Discord. So <laughs> I will post about unicorns and Assassin's Creed. So <laughs> I think you have a creative mind, and and that's all. I don't think you're weird, mate. Not at all. Did you not no, see my cap- capybara picture? That was awesome. I, I like that. I showed that to my girlfriend because we both love capybaras. They're amazing. Ah. So you'll get on well with uh, Jason, who we had on the show um, a few <laughs> months ago, who uh, who wants capybaras as a future uh, assassin companion. Oh, definitely. On a small tangent, I may have accidentally messaged a Ubisoft rep a picture of 
that capybara in the assassin hood. Because, you know, they, they're working Ubisoft. They should get the idea that fans like capybaras. This is my really dodgy 10-minute fun rendition of a capybara. Make it so. <laughs> See, James is just thinking I'm a bit... See, this is what I mean by strange things I find... I say I oh, see that that's fine. Saying mad stuff like that's alright. I'm talking about people coming in and talking absolute hatreds for Indeed. groups of people and stuff, and it's like, no, nah, just Indeed. get. Yeah, you you find them. You know, we I moderate a couple of discords, and and most people are decent. They just want to talk about the game, or yeah. share their pictures, or their artwork, or ask for help with the mission. And then you'll always get, I don't know what it is, one percent. Yeah, are, there's always the ones. just horrible. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. Like, I only just brought in a mod team recently mm. to my Discord. Mm. Like, I've got three mods. Wolfie's one of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as And uh, and I've got Zark in my team as well. He's part of my creative team. But that's what I was, I was making the joke to them before. Because I was like, yeah, Wolfie and Zark used to are like the Sean and Bex of like the moderator world. So, like, mods for every discord it's imaginable true. <laughs> it's true that's so funny i love it i love that so i'll tell you why don't you um t- talk us through um give some shout outs who else is is part of the team and and what do different people specialize in yeah. i know you know you've got you've, you've already mentioned gunnar who does incredible artwork and and sorry to keep going back to it but he he donated or, or contributed um artwork to the community relief and he's done fantastic work for for years so who else is on the team and and what do they do yeah so like i said me and gunner were from the beginning and his work's amazing i just love it so much and then we brought in ada also known as science creed hello ada by the way and we brought in adam as well they brought them both in as like writers and to produce content to like you know history and all that type of stuff um and then we brought in misa and evie to be a virtual photography artist and you know really push that stuff and evie's specialization in camera tools has been amazing it's been really helpful and then we've brought in simon to bring like he's an actual photographer like real photography so and he he already went out to like go and take pictures of all these amazing castles and stuff like that and things that were to do with Assassin's Creed. So I was like, right, you know, you're already doing what I'm looking for. Do you want to join this team and help us do this thing that we're planning? So he joined. And then I brought in Zark as my new video editor. And we have our mods. Um, we have Wilfie, who you know. We have Cynthia who is from some of the French Assassin's Creed communities. And we have Emily, who is um, our protege, who is learning everything, and we're trying to teach her the ropes of everything we can. So, yeah, that's our team. That's awesome. Have, have you got any gaps that you're looking for, for people to fill in terms of skills or, or contributions? Well, I'm always looking out for... By the way, I think I might have just turned this show into like a a long kind of job application. Uh, <laughs> what's the word? A- advert. So I mean, hey, shout it out, mate. If uh, and what I was, what I should have said a moment ago. So in the show notes on 
on the audio version and in the video description on YouTube. We'll put a link to Creed Scholars um, on Twitter. We'll put a link to their Discord if you want to join and, and chat with the community. They are a really nice group of people. So if you just want to have a chilled out conversation, um, definitely go and uh, and say hello. Um, but yeah, what, what else are you looking for, Chris? Who, what's on your shopping list? <laughs> my shop list. I know I feel like Microsoft. I'm just going out and buying studios. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nah, not at all. I'm just honestly just looking for people, and I'm just asking them like, "We're doing this thing. You want to join?" Like, I think you've you do good work. So, but yeah, not right now. Actually, I'm not really looking for it right now because we've we've got next week. We've probably got a lot. Of, we're sitting on a lot of articles and stuff right now that are either in final editing or um need to be finished so next couple of weeks we're doing stuff like that but um yeah not really anything right now because i mean my team like i said technically the group's been a thing since like i said 2018 but it never really got off to any start until 2000 and 20 and then the pandemic hit and then I couldn't really do anything and <laughs> yeah so like I said the Twitter account is only a year old just over a year old now. Do you know that's just what I was about to ask it's really exploded yeah out of nowhere was there something that was there one thing that that made it happen or was it just lots of continuous I think there was a, of lot, content, of, there was a of lot of a lot of things um mainly I mean the community relief thing really put a spotlight on our group as well because i mean a lot of people hadn't heard of us so that thing being because of how big it was and obviously things like that um the raid and stuff like that like people that would never have heard of us because of that then knew who we were and yeah so there was that i mean even when i went on that other podcast i mean we got we we tend to get surges of followers every every now and again, and I mean we we just had one like this week, where I put out a few posts about things and I expected it to make me lose followers, and ended up getting hundreds for some reason. So you know, <laughs> can't complain. Declan, thank you. So I have a virtual photography question. Yeah. Um, how did you hear about PickerShot? Because this blew my mind. It, honestly, <laughs> I've been using Instagram for virtual photography, and I find it very daunting to use Instagram. You know, I get a lot of bot responses and a lot of yeah. bot DMs. But I see that Frank's Zark promoting it in our survey. You use a lot of picker shots um, to generate a lot of the virtual photography. Yeah. And I was just wondering, how did you hear about picker shot and what was your focus on promoting virtual photography? Because that is a big thing that the community needs promoted because there's yeah. stunning photographers out there. Well, it's funny you say that because I was actually explaining to my girlfriend earlier. She was asking about picker shot. It's just basically, um, I can't even really remember. I just came across it on Twitter one day because it was it was last year at some point and did you find it before me or did you because i found it last summer i think then you yeah you probably I found I it might before have, me i yeah. did a bit of promotion of it and i know you and a few others joined so and again i only found it because i saw someone talking about they wanted somewhere to share yeah photos without the compression you get with instagram and the just 
Twitter being a well, like, <laughs> like Declan, like I was never, I never really used Instagram. I've never liked it to be honest. But we've got an account, and it's basically my mods that run it. And um, because I don't really know what to do with it, but um, Pika Shot it became a thing because, as you know, when a few months back or whenever it was when the musk man bought twitter and everyone thought twitter was about to implode and everyone was scrambling trying to figure out right where are we all going to go what's our next social media account and all this type of stuff and then that was when i really began to pay attention to pika shot because there was that one and there was another virtual photography group that sprung up and I'm not even going to mention their name because they're absolute trash. Yeah, that did not go well, did it? So, and, and before I even really knew that, and I had said on my Discord, and I'd just said to F1, I was like, look, we need a different um, social thing that's more geared towards virtual photography. Here's the, here's the choices. We've got that group that won't be named. We've got Pikachot, and we've got things like... Um, what do you call it? Um, Tumblr, things like that. But I didn't know anything about any of them really. But everyone came back to me pretty much and said, "Yeah, go with Pikachu. That's the one." And then, yeah, we made our we hang on there, and we're still trying to figure that out for the most part because it's it's not like a app I've used before. It's it works differently for a lot of things. So. It's it's quite different, isn't it? I've all, if, so if anyone's listening and you are interested in the game photography, virtual photography aspect of gaming, definitely check out Pickershot. It's it's quite different to Twitter, Instagram. I don't know about Tumblr. I do have a Tumblr account, but I'm not familiar with Tumblr. Um, there's a couple of things that, that mark out, from my opinion, as a, as a casual user. Um, no compression. So if you want to show off your photos at full res... That it's the it's the platform for you. Also, no algorithms. Can I just say something? Just mm. I don't even know because as I'm saying this, and my girlfriend's in the background, she's signaling me. She's like, "By the way, by the way, um, as of what thirty four minutes ago, uh, Elon Musk is stepping down." <laughs> Apparently, who knows? Really? I I mean, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just thought I'd say that just because that was seemed weird timing. Indeed, I mean, if, if that turns out to be the case, that will be oh, the guy's an idiot. Anyway, um, oh yeah, he, this is on this is on the Guardian, posted Thursday, eleventh of May, nine fifteen in the evening. Elon Musk announces he has found a new Twitter CEO. <laughs> she will start in six weeks' time. Although, how much freedom would she have anyway? Um, that's crazy. Timing, man. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, anyway, what we say? So, um, yeah, that was it. So the, the, the other thing about Pickershot, which I quite like, is there's no algorithms. It's just yeah. you see the content in the time order that it's uploaded. So it's not a popularity contest. The algorithm doesn't trend towards the the, the bigger or the, yeah, and the more prolific. You can't even see creators. how many likes you have on something. So, mm. again, it takes it puts the art at the front doesn't it front and center it's all about the art rather than and i'm a casual yeah and i mean pikachu helped us during the relief 
they were we one talk of, about that bit they were, one as well? of the, they were one of the groups that helped us um, promote that. Yeah, so um, again, I'll just set background here and then I'll, I'll hand over to you, Chris, to tell us a story. So during the Community Relief um, fundraiser, we, we wanted to we wanted to have a, a series of live streams where we'd have a lot of interactivity, giving away prizes, of course, hoping to get donations. But we also wanted to try and do other activities to keep the word going, keep people engaged, keep reminding people of the link to donate, keep um, the hashtag hopefully you know, uh, visible. Um, so one of the things we thought was it would be great to have a, a virtual photography competition to run during the event. Um, and uh, I can't remember if it was Arshak or I, hello Arshak, by the way. Um, I can't remember if it was Arshak or I, but might have been me. So sorry, mate, if I, if I stitched you up here with a lot of extra work, but I said, Creed Scholars do a lot of VP. They've, they've got the right people, the right contacts. Can we excuse the word here, but can we outsource this this part of the project to Creed Scholars and they could we can provide the prizes from our prize pool. Um and they that their group, their team could run um the the virtual photography competition. So Chris, that for me was like a, a 30 second message to you and you said, Yeah, all right. Yeah. How was it? Yeah, I mean that was really fun. I mean, we'd only ever really done two competitions before that. And the first one was just a competition. There wasn't anything in it. And then the second one, I provided prizes for people. But um, this was obviously on such a bigger scale. And uh, yeah, so he's asked me to do the virtual photography competition with the help of the ones who came before, specifically Aaron that runs their virtual photography stuff. Um. Yeah, and we just kind of put together, like, okay, what can we do? So we ended up with two, like, so one competition each week for the two weeks. So that was the two big competitions. And then we had a, a, a bonus, like, weekend competition in the middle of it. And, yeah, Ubisoft and you guys provided the awesome gifts for people. And, yeah, even, like, one of the decks of cards for someone. And, I mean... They hangs up beautiful so i was like so happy to be like be like yeah you can win this do you know what i mean <laughs> i gotta say right so we did uh, Arshak and i did a lot of the project management in the background but we hosted a couple of streams as well and um after the event we had a lot of admin making sure we picked the winners making sure we'd contacted every winner i have to say although there was a lot of admin i loved messaging people saying hey you've won a game code or you've won a comic or you've won uh, the playing cards because they're great prizes and i felt like santa claus it was brilliant <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's brilliant and especially i'm assuming you probably got a lot of messages from people when they received their gifts and stuff because i mean even we like did. i got the messages from people like like oh thanks so much for doing this and, all. and i'm like it's fine honestly cheers for even taking part and pr- helping promote it because i mean that's what it was we had some messages, and I don't know if it's just a t- obviously tone doesn't come across in in writing, not easily yeah. anyway. But some people almost seemed surprised that they would hear from us, like they were happy to donate, <laughs> and they didn't really expect ever to hear from us again. But of course, <laughs> you know, we 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 tracked all the winners and we, yeah. we followed up on everything, so everyone got what was, you know, uh, they they donated for or what they'd entered raffles for. But yeah, I think some people were genuinely um, 
surprised that we would follow up, but of course we would. So I mean, how long did it take you to finish all that admin stuff? Because I mean, I remember I can't I can't remember how long it was, but I just remember it being like weeks and weeks later. And one of you saying on Twitter, like, "Oh, that's just finally done now." I was like, "What? Seriously?" <laughs> like, um, that was so, ages ago. <laughs> do you know it's funny? It, the whole I know we're going off topic here for people who are who want to listen about Creed scholars, but. Let, let let me try and be be brief, which is hard for me because I like to chat. Sorry. Um, we, Arshak and I, we we probably worked six hours a four to six hours a day every day for about a month, Oof. planning the event, running the event, and when it was all over, we we said to each other, and we we were on probably three video calls every day, you know, because he's in Los Angeles. So me in the UK, nine hour, eight hour time difference, nine hours. We would sort of speak my morning, his evening, yeah. then when he wakes up my afternoon, then maybe again later on at night as well. So we were talking all the time, messaging all the time. Um, that first day when it was over, so what was the, oh, the closing live stream was the um, the trivia. And then the big giveaway of the Altair animus statue from Pure Arts. So that was done. Um, when when the live stream had ended and was over, we we kept the video call going and we had a few people just chatting for a few hours. That was a really nice yeah. chilled conversation to just just chat and reflect back on what we'd done. And we said to each other, right, we're taking 24 hours off. And yeah. I did. I basically yeah. didn't look at any media. I didn't look at Discord. I just disappeared for 24 hours. It was great. Yeah. But then I said to Arshak, I did actually say to him at the start of the, the, the event, I said, you know, mate, we are working our nuts off <laughs> to, right. to, to plan and run this event. You do realize that when this is over, we've probably got just as much work to, <laughs> to make sure that we've tracked all the prizes. We've not duplicate issued because we if, what, what would happen if we ran out? Yeah. So we probably spent about, I don't even know in terms of hours, but I would say it probably took about four or five days to go back through all of the records, all of the messages, all of the tracking documents that all our moderators had collected, collate all that information. And we had a few different ways of trying, and we finally got the data organized. You know, I'm a spreadsheet guy. Um, so we, <laughs> we finally got the data. Sorry, Declan, this is probably really boring. We finally got the data organized in a way that was kind of logical and as efficient as possible. Um, and then we just, he and I just sort of burned through it. So he, he and I, we were messaging on discord. We were emailing people. We were, um, we think we just kept it. I don't think we did Twitter or anything else. We had to go back to Twitch a few times to try and find Twitch, uh, whispers, which actually you can't find. So that was tricky. Um, and honestly, we probably burned through, I would say 80% of the winners. We, we had a response from them. So whether we needed the yeah. delivery address or, uh, just an email address for an electronic code. You know, we probably had responses from eighty or ninety percent of people within about five days. Oh, that's um, good. And then we would go to Ubisoft and say, "Right, Ubisoft, here are all the digital codes we need. So we need, I don't know, ten PS5, ten Xbox, five Steam, whatever." There was loads of codes, and then it was issuing them all out. And I would say that I think now the only thing that's remaining, and we're recording this on the eleventh of May. I think the only thing that's remaining is artworks have been printed and probably sent by now. I'm not sure about that. Um, but all of the other physical and virtual stuff, they all went out within yeah. 
two weeks, I guess. But yeah, so like the whole project was sort of two weeks of planning, two weeks of executing, and then two weeks of like admin to to issue the prizes. Obviously, at a lesser stress level, you know, we were we were probably doing a couple of hours a day between us after the event to to do all that kind of closing admin. Um, I want my hats off to you because that was a monumental task that you and Ash pulled off like honestly man well done thanks mate it was uh, it's a hell of a thing and it almost doesn't feel real now yeah Um, it kind of feels like it was a strange dream and Arshak and I had a video call the other night just to catch up on, on other things and it was just so nice to talk to him because we were talking, like I say, every day, multiple yeah. times. And we hadn't actually spoken probably for <laughs> four weeks or so. But um, anyway. Um, That's good. But yeah, your your team was was a great contribution. So back back to the story. So <laughs> virtual photography, like how did you run the contest? How did you get in touch with PikaShot? And how did they sort of agree to support it? Because one of the problems with this kind of event is, is trust. Do we really yeah. want to throw our brand and our team behind this yeah. project when we don't know the individual so how did you broach that with pika shot well i'd already spoke to pika shot a couple of times in the past because they knew i'd run I'd, i was running scores of the creed and i'd asked them i'd made contact with them to ask them to get like see on their app you can actually add your pictures themes so i got them to add um hashtag ACVP Thursday and hashtag ACVP Sisterhood as well as hashtag Bassam Tuesday. So I basically had got them to add all them. So I spoke to them a little bit and anytime I'd spoke to them, from what I gathered, it was one of the two owners I was speaking to because they're a really small team still, I think, to this day. I'm not entirely sure. But at the time, it was when it was when there was, I think it was just two of them. And so they've always been really, really nice people. And when it came down to it, uh, the the competition, we knew that we needed to get as many eyes on it as possible. And we knew that we needed to get actual virtual photography groups involved as well. Because, I mean, the virtual photography competition was down to my group and the ones who came before. And I mean, yeah, we both deal in assassin, uh, sorry, in virtual photography, but that's just a part of what we do. Both groups, like, were more than that. So we thought, right, we need to bring in virtual photography groups. Who can we bring in? And I actually contacted a few groups that said no. They just didn't want anything to do with it. Just, they're like, yeah, we don't actually understand this. So <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> fine, that's fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So, and and yeah. that was actually really surprising to me. But um, afterwards, I thought, right, okay, what can we do? So I thought, right, let's contact virtual photography groups that are like newer, that are like not like brand new, but like they've not been out too long. They've got a little bit of a following, you know they're eager to be seen and things like this so i thought right pika shot is one of them and there was another group um i'm blanking on the name uh the up down left right org dot org run by sammy they were both kind of new groups at the time so i asked both of them if they wanted to take part in it and basically just help us promote this and both of them said yeah so yeah 
So nice. Got and you got the word out far and wide. I mean, how, yeah. how many submissions did you get? And t- oh talk us God. through the, the winners, if you can remember. Ooh, if you can't, we'll do a little, we'll do a little snip here, if you can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'd, oh, actually, I can't remember how many um, entries we had all in, but there was a lot. And it was so hard trying to get the winners and stuff because how we we actually changed like halfway through how we were going to score this and how we were going to do it because we had basically we were a judge um someone from uh the ones who came before would be a judge and then we brought in other judges as well so and we had like so many votes so i wanted to give a vote to pika shot i wanted to give a vote to sammy and i wanted obviously to give a vote to um Oh, I'm blanking now. Another group. Oh, sorry. There was um, was it Shauna? From oh, Shauna from yeah. from Ubisoft up in Shauna uh, from Ubisoft. Ubisoft. Yeah. yeah, she was a judge, and Sebastian yes. from Memento Gallery. He was a judge as well. So we had all these judges, and we had hundreds of pictures, and then it was like basically down to me to like right kind of break it down to so many. And then just send them to all the judges. And then I was like, right, okay, pick this many from this group and then score them all. So we, I was like, doing like, you got me into spreadsheets after that, I swear. Spreadsheets, <laughs> they're brilliant. They help. They actually do help. I was never really used one before. And then after that, I was like, using them all the time. So I was like, making these spreadsheets, like scoring sheets, like everyone's name, picture A, B, C, or whatever. And like, give it a score out of 10 and stuff like that. So then we're like doing all that and then it's like, okay, some of the pictures are like, like two, there's two winners and stuff. There's a draw. So what do we do now? <laughs> but we, we figured it all out in the end and yeah, it was really good. It was a really good experience. That's awesome. Yeah. You did, did great work to support us on the, uh, on the community relief. Um, so thank you, mate. Thank you to the whole team oh, as well, because I know there's there's lots of others working in the background as well. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, hats off to my team. Like, I honestly think I've got the best team in the world, and I know probably a lot of people say that, but honestly, every single person in my team goes above and beyond every single time to like do stuff. And like, I don't like. Obviously, no one gets paid really or anything. We're not like a business or anything. We're just a group of fans yeah, that yeah. make stuff that we like. And it's like, I don't give them deadlines or anything like this to produce content. I'm just like, oh, do you want to make this? And we'll do that. And I'm like, yeah, we'll do that. And every time they're, they're on it. And during that whole um, community relief, they all really pulled their weight and helped me out in unimaginable ways. So shout out to them. That's something I'm very aware of. Like, <laughs> it was very easy for for Arshak and I to say, "Hey, you over there, can you do this? You over there, can you do that?" And knowing yeah. that we are firing out like one sentence, and then in the background, that snowballs into who knows how much work. And everyone, your team, all the other teams that were involved. I mean, there was probably about sixty people in total who, yeah. at the goodness of their hearts. Um, just gave their time and their energy, and it was amazing. It really yeah, was amazing. It was honestly brought a tear to my eye at some points. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, 
that's for sure. Uh, sorry, we, we may have gone a little off topic there, but <laughs> oh, maybe not. Maybe not. I think, uh, I think it's been good. Declan, buddy. Um, sorry, uh, we've been talking for ages and I hope you haven't fallen asleep, mate. Are you still there? No. <laughs> <laughs> of course I'm still here. It's quite interesting to learn about these communities and about the community relief because I couldn't get involved as much as I wanted. So it's nice to hear like, everything that everyone's done behind the, the work and... I actually quite like a lot of stuff that um, your team, Chris, has done with working in Shop because I do enjoy virtual photography, but I despise Instagram virtual <laughs> photography. And hats off to Zark. Zark is the one who actually mentioned about your, your different hashtags and mm. Pickershot, and that's what drove me to it because I love virtual photography, but I don't need some botter called techno 96 and hey promote it on this page for 50p <laughs> you know and it's just nice that you guys like have that place and it feels like and then to see zark then edit a lot of those virtual photographies into video that get promoted yeah. it's a really great community interaction because as smith me and james have discussed before one of the biggest problems with communities and content creators is a lot of them is like a hierarchy. Some YouTubers only choose fellow YouTubers mm. or fellow influencers. Whereas a lot of the work Creed Scholars have done with virtual photography is promote people that may not have huge following on accounts. So they may just pop off a few virtual photographers, but you guys have put them into a video and saying, hey, look at this work. Yeah. And it's a really nice gesture to do to a community that someone may have 10 followers, but take some beautiful pictures of Cassandra and put them on PicShot, they know that there is a chance that your team and Zach's editing is going to promote them, which I think is probably one of the most top-notch things community workers can do for the community. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't understand a lot of groups that don't do thing, a simple thing like, oh, just retweet something or like it or something. Like, I don't see how that is so hard. Do you know what I mean? And if it helps someone see your work or something, then go for it. Do you know what I mean? It's just, yeah, I mean, we're trying to, I mean, I wish I could do more with the virtual photography side of it because the problem that we're having is how to be able to promote everybody's work in one place at the one time. That's why we came up with the videos because before we done the videos like last year in the beginning i don't know if you remember um on twitter there was a thing you could do oh i can't even remember what it's a called a moment a moment that's a it. moment yes i actually use those heavily for organizing my own content yeah. yeah so that's what we started off with and it was perfect because we would run our tag acvp thursday and then if one would post our pictures that day and then in the end, I could just put them all in this one thing and then promote that on Twitter or wherever else. And then everyone would be able to see that, have a wee scroll through it, see everyone's pictures and, you know, see who it was. But they took that away. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> so if, since then, we were just trying to figure out, like, how can we, how can we show everyone's work off? for our hashtags 
do you know what I mean? But it's just, there's just not many ways to do it. So we came, we done the videos, but I mean, that wasn't something that we came up with. I mean, there's hundreds, not hundreds, but there's a lot of VP groups, like actual VP groups out there that do that and have been doing it for a long time. So we just thought, right, well, that's something that we could do. So we'll do that. And then we'll obviously, right, we'll do pictures. We'll take a picture of the week from Thursday. We'll take a picture of the week from the Sisterhood one. And then we'll just like promote them on our website because I mean, like I said, I wish we could do more. I wish I could put everybody that posts a picture on a Thursday or for Sisterhood tag, I wish I could put them all on the website, but I can't because of space and memory and all this stuff. So it's just, it's just not feasible. And again, like the website is, it's free. It's ad free as well. And it will all. I'll make sure it will always be like that. I don't want people having to go on seeing all this ad crap and having to pay or something like that just to see some pictures and read a few articles and stuff. So, yeah, it's it's a tricky thing with this. What you do with your community, what we do with the podcast, because there's only so far you can go. Bef- let's be blunt. Before cash has to get involved, yeah. And potentially quite a lot of cash. Like we we were talking before we hit record today. Um, we normally used or we used to record through a service called Zencaster all yeah. of our episodes, which has got lots of benefits for podcasters. But it's gone from from being free to being quite expensive. And our show we have a very small number of patrons, which is amazing. Thank you for for your subscriptions. But we 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 effectively have almost zero income. We don't we can't afford high costs you know um so it is tricky there are like you say about your website if you had the cash you could go and rent you know a a a system with plenty of storage and host all the pictures but it just doesn't scale does it over time so it's very tricky to find solutions that represent everyone but also don't drain your pocket yeah and that's the thing that i want to make clear is that I'm not doing this to make money or anything. I'm doing all of this because I just love Assassin's Creed and it's literally just a passion project. Yeah. So I'm quite happy to pay for that website to be ad-free and to have so however much um, storage or whatever bandwidth, things like that. But there is a limit, obviously. So, yeah, yeah it's just about trying yeah. to keep a good balance. Indeed. Yes, but that is one of the other things is that we are trying to figure out a way to bring fan fiction and virtual photography together. This is what I want to do. Okay, so, interesting. You know, I was thinking maybe like type of competition thing where we match a a writer for a VPR, and then the writer writes like a wee a wee short story. You know, nothing spectacular and <laughs> just a wee Assassin's Creed themed short story and then the virtual photography takes that and tries to match pictures to it or something see I don't know like there's an idea there somewhere but we'll figure it out and then when we do we will tell everyone <laughs> did did someone say fanfic oh yes hi <laughs> hi <laughs> I think this is something I, I may end up DMing you about because I know I'm new to the fanfic world in Assassin's yeah. Creed, but I blame James for all this, so people <laughs> people want me to shut up blame James. But when James uh, introduced me to um, Ray Cloud, 
and I first learned about fanfic and I got involved myself. One issue I thought is fanfics is a community and a subscript is just ignored. Like these people are insanely good. Yeah. And there's some smart ideas and if you could combine fanfic with virtual photography, it probably would create more of a homely feeling in the community where everyone's ideas are virtually shared because photography, artistry, podcasts, streams are all the main spotlights in the AC community, but fanfic isn't. Yeah. And I think one thing you could really do, and it might be easier, is poetry fanfic to align with a virtual photography. Yeah. And then that way it's small. I can write a good limerick. I'll throw in a limerick in there. There you go. (laughs) Stuff like that. And then that way it's like, it's small, it's condensed, and it's easy promotable. When I did the community tales just to help spread a few things, I put a limit on like how many pages it could be and how many words because fanfics go in so much detail it's insanely <laughs> good some of the novels are longer than the bible and it's pretty epic but i really think you were on to a winner if you could combine virtual photography with fanfic and i think if you did poetry fanfic with virtual photography it could create atmospheric shots with an atmospheric yeah. uh, setting and i would probably get involved yeah no that i like that that sounds really good because i mean I've liked fanfics from the beginning, and that, that was always one of the things I wanted to push. I mean, our website on the articles area, the library, has a section for fanfics. We've only got one on there right now, which was wrote by Ada and our team, which is a great wee short story. You should all have a read. But that was when the idea came to me, because I was just like, okay, your fanfic is going to be the first one on our website. So... I'm putting it on the website and then I'm looking at it and I was like, right, so it's just all this text. I mean, I don't know about you, but I like to have a wee picture with my text or something. It doesn't need to be like a comic book or something, but just like maybe one, two pictures just to, you know, set the scene for the reader. And that was her story was, um, I'm blanking now, but basically it was set in Paris. So, and it was set in, I can't remember the name of the building, but it is in Unity. So I was like, right, okay, I'm going to, stuck unity on jump you know over. i'm gonna go and read that right now oh yeah yeah yeah. Recording. sorry guys you, you carry on doing a different <laughs> podcast recording i'm off uh, i so i jumped on the xbox i jumped over to the building that i blanking on because of all these french names i'm rubbish with um jumped over there and i took a couple of pictures um and then i've sent them over to ada and i was like right okay which one of these would you want to use and she's like right okay I'll choose that one from so, the picture, it looks like the Palais de Luxembourg. Yeah, we, we I put filters on it and stuff. Obviously, the the lighting on it's so weird yeah, looking, but it, looks nice. it was to kind of give it the atmosphere shot, you know. Mm. But yeah, so and that's when it came to me. I was like, right, well, there has to be something there. I mean, fan fiction, virtual photography. With with the right images, it, it becomes yeah. more like a graph, well, not a comic, because it's yeah. not the right balance, but it yeah. becomes like an illustrated novel, doesn't it? Yeah. And I, I like that idea, mate. Yeah. That's a really nice, something a little bit different. Because, I mean, you can be really abstract with virtual photography. That's the thing. So yeah. you could have just, it just be like, there could just be like one sentence in your fan fiction that basically gives off an idea for a picture. Do you know what I mean? And then that would picture would just fit for the story. 
So, yeah, I don't know. We'll figure it out. So that's the next project then for, for Creed Scholars is Well, a bit more that's something just, that's just something in my mind right now that I've kind of brought up to the team and we've spoken mm-hmm. about it a wee bit. But right now we are focusing on these histories, playground articles that we're really going to go hard on. Because we had the first one that we brought out on the day of the coronation because it was about um, the Abbey, Westminster Abbey. Because we Adam wrote it. And he actually wrote it like two months ago or something. And we'd been sitting on it for ages because I was like, right, we're doing this and we're doing that. So we'll just push this back and then we're doing this and then we're doing that. All right, okay. Then then the community really thing happened. <laughs> and I was like, right, okay, we'll push it back more. <laughs> and then it was um, recently our last team member. I'm so sorry. I completely forgot to mention Louise. How dare I? Louise also joined our team. Wait, 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 wait. Do you mean our Louise? You're Louise, yes. How could you forget Louise? I, I know, um, it's because she literally just joined and I've got like the old <laughs> list in front of me. <laughs> I feel so bad now. I know, one of our amazing writers. So yeah, sorry. Louise joined us very recently and as a writer and she was the one that pointed out that you know what, um, the king's being coronated at Westminster Abbey like next week, so why don't we put out that? Oh, it was actually more time because we originally planned to do the Discovery Tour. Like, they were, the Discovery Tour guys were going to do their thing yeah, yeah. and add, and it would be like an add-on to the article. But um, so many things were happening at the time that they just there was no time for that, so we ended up just putting that article out on its own on the day of the coronation and it blew up like like we don't like i mean we do okay for engagement on our twitter account but every now and again we'll post something and it will do really well and that was one of them and that was what i was talking about last week we had a surge of followers and it seemed to be off of the back of that article and i mean it's a small article, but it's well wrote. Some really great photography and virtual photography in it. So basically, we really want to push them now, and we're in the middle of figuring out our next one, and it's going to be a lot bigger. There's going to be a lot more to it, and it's going to be cool. <laughs> awesome, mate. Awesome. Um, so I've got a uh, well. We don't. We don't want to. There isn't too much to discuss in terms of leaks, but I do want to look a little bit to the future. So um, thoughts and expectations for the next game, which we assume will be Mirage. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, the leaks were saying this should be October or something, which isn't surprising in the slightest. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're always round about October or November anyway, so they might as mm. well. Mm. So, yeah, no, I mean, like I said, I like them all. I'm not even going to deny that I know for a fact I will enjoy Mirage. I know for a fact I'll enjoy Red. And I know for a fact I'll enjoy X. So <laughs> I can't wait, man. Like, I actually feel more excited now about Assassin's Creed's future than I did at the beginning of the Ancient Trilogy. Mm. Just, like... Mm. And I've never, like, I've never been that disappointed by Assassin's Creed. Like, honestly, like, obviously... So many people hate Odyssey because apparently it's not an Assassin's Creed game and all this rubbish, but whatever. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, but like, 
I knew by the time I'd played, like, because, like, everyone asked me, right, so you say you like them all, what's your favourite then? And I say, easy, Assassin's Creed 3. Okay, what one do you know like the most? And I'm saying, right, although I do like them all, and I'll probably get hate for this, but the one I like the least, remember I like them all, is Rogue. And that is the, dumb, the, the only reason I like it the least is because... It's you're an assassin that becomes a Templar, and I don't agree with that. Do you know what I mean? Like that's the only reason. But I love the game. I, I love Shay. Do you know what I mean? I think great character, great story, great game. It's just out of all of them, that's the one I like the least. So by that point, I knew. I mean, I'm not going to be that disappointed by any Assassin's Creed game, really. I mean, what are they going to do? That's going to be so bad. I mean, nothing. I honestly think that a lot of gamers are just really self-entitled and just expect the world to be given to them so i mean give me all the ac games i'll, I'll play them <laughs> understood understood declan any any updates on your thoughts on mirage i'm trying not to be hyped for it <clears throat> with how much interaction i spend on twitter it's just one of these points where I'm worried about getting hyped for a game and then it not to live the expectations that I have to then suffer through Twitter's dodgy algorithm of everybody complaining. <laughs> and it's, I think that's just the hard part about Twitter. There is a lot more complaining about what the franchise is than promotion of what the franchise can do. Mm-hmm. Like, the future of Assassin's Creed, as Chris said, is bright. The idea of it worries me on a financial scale for players but the potential of doing games that are smaller um i know people say modern day is gone but they could do a destiny approach on infinity where the next six games all tell a seasonal story so there is no modern day in the games no but infinity could tell a seasonal story over transmedia and everything and i think that potential is so bright for the franchise but with how dodgy Twitter algorithm is, how hyped can you be for a game if everyone just complains about frame rate, graphics, 30 FPS, 60 yeah. FPS, you know? I, are it, you going there? Are you going in the 30 FPS, 60 <laughs> FPS debate? Right. If I'm being honest, this is a tangent. I Chris, did you I, see how easily I reeled him in there? <laughs> just hear me out. I have a 1080p TV. So it's not the best TV, but I have a Series S. I tried Redfall yeah. the other day, and I literally spent two hours at Redfall, and I have issues with the game about, like, I didn't understand the story as much, and I didn't like the design of the vampires. But for the life of me, I could not understand what the heck people were debating about FPS for, because <laughs> it felt... No different than any other shooting game. I think Redfall has a 60 FPS mode at the See, moment. See, the doesn't... frame rate thing, I mean, it's so subjective, really. Because personally, I only started playing 60 frame things like when I got my Series X and it was possible for me because I've always been a console gamer. No. And 
at first I couldn't I couldn't see the difference at all. The only time I can see the difference between sixty and thirty is if I'm literally playing a sixty frame game and then I switch to a thirty frame game and it's like for the first five minutes I can notice the difference. But it's not a big deal. <laughs> I mean so I think it's weird because like I've tried the Ezio trilogy on my laptop and the Ezio trilogy on my laptop is just the remastered version. I then go to play the Ezio trilogy on Xbox Series S, which is uh, FPS boosted. And for the life of me, I have no idea what the L and FPS boost is. <laughs> I stare at it and I'm like, this looks no different. Like, yeah. what is everybody raving about, sir? I mean, some of it might be down to your TV. Yeah. Potentially. Um, but I, I always compare it to, um, we're going back a long time now. So in the old days, during the war, um, before television broadcasts were in HD, at least in the UK, they were standard definition, which was five, seven, six lines. Um, and then oh, we're probably going back, what, 15 years longer when, you know, BBC, ITV would be broadcast in 1080p or 1080i. Um, and I can only compare it to if you've never watched an HD broadcast, you don't know it. You don't see what you're missing because it's what you're used to. And for me anyway, once I'd first seen that HD broadcast, it's so sharp and so clear. And you think, oh my God, I can never go back. That's my feeling. I mean, I, I play some games on the PlayStation in quality mode, like Horizon Forbidden West. That's 30 FPS, 4K target. Um and I do that because I'm generally exploring at a, at a relaxed pace. And I'm, I'm also taking lots of pictures. Um, but if I switch it to performance mode, it's more of a feel. It it there's a smoothness yeah. there that's yeah, just no, I, oh, I do know amazing you about the feel. Like when it comes to sixteen thirty, I I I can feel it, especially because I play things like Sekiro. So it's like timing is everything. Right. So I do get that feeling. It's just that um, it's just yeah, it's weird. I don't know. <laughs> is, is it worth getting angry over? Hell, oh, no. definitely not. Play, no, not play at whatever frame rate. See, this is right. No, that's what I was going to say. It's that right. So any game now that has sixty, I will play it in that, and I'll I'll always play games in performance mode now. And every bit of virtual photography you see from me that comes from like Valhalla or something, that's all in performance mode. Because I think I probably need glasses or something because when I switch it from performance to graphics or whatever it's called, um, and take pictures, I'll I'll take the picture of the exact same thing in different modes and I actually cannot see the difference in the picture. You know, it'd be interesting to ask a developer, when you switch into photo mode, in the background, does the game load higher res textures Ooh, in that, that half a second or less that it's it's switching modes? I, I have no idea, but it would be interesting to ask from a a development point of view what's going yeah. on in the background. Um, anyway, I'm sorry, that's, that's a thought I, for the future. But I do have a tangent that might make you laugh. Go on. <laughs> so this laptop supports four K. And I put a YouTube on at 4K for the first time. And I had to pause the YouTube and turn my brightness down on my laptop because I thought it was too bright. 
I was like, I don't like this. It's too. So I drafted to 1080p, and then the contrast seemed to like bounce up, and I was like, ah, oh, just right. <laughs> but then again, I spent ages dunking on PS3 HDMI cable for Skyrim, saying the graphics were awful. And then I then had my first eye test in my life and realized I needed glasses. And then was like, oh no, it's not that bad. It's just yeah, I'm blind. You're just blind. Yeah, I think that's my problem. <laughs> I'm just blind. And if, uh. It was the biggest revelation in gaming. Just like everyone's like, oh, you'll never know the feeling of putting HDMI on. I'm like, no. It's when you go from being blind to put specs on and you're like, yeah, crap, I can read writing now. Jesus, yeah, there, like yeah. I'll say that if you get a chance, I don't know what setups you've got at home, but um, here anyway, in our living room, we've got an OLED telly. And if you uh, get a chance to hook up Xbox Series X <laughs> or PS5 to an OLED, oh my yeah, God. that's the Time next fast. thing on the cards. Because yeah. um, I mean, I've got a 4K LG, but it's not an OLED, and I've yeah. I've got a Series X and that, and I only only just got my PS5 last week. Oh, okay. So, You've got both. Yeah, right. I've got both now, and that's what I was saying on my Discord that because um, I had a PS One and Two growing up, and then I missed the three, and I had a four for a very short period of time, so I only played a couple of things. Um, yeah, and then like I said, I going into this generation, I was like, right, I'm not falling behind again. Like I need to play these ps games that everyone's talking about so <laughs> yeah i just i what? thought I, I was getting the series x first because that was i've always been an xbox boy and then okay. um i thought i'll wait until the PSs are like easy to get and yeah that's exactly what happened i went on amazon man ordered one it was there the next day i was mm. like that was easy <laughs> i got mine about my ps5 about 18 months ago and it was when they were in short supply and yeah. i bought mine from game the UK yeah, yeah. chain, but I bought it from their online store and I was in a queue for like 30 minutes. Mm. Um, and of course they're cheeky bastards. When, when my slot in the queue became available, it said we are only selling these as a bundle with um, Ratchet and Clank and Miles Morales. So uh, I went, that's fine. I'll take it. I'll take the bundle. Not a problem. I was really lucky with my Series X. Like I managed to get it the day it came out. Like, so I managed to get one of the pre-orders oh, nice. beforehand. And um, it was from Argos, actually. I got a pre-order from there. And I didn't think, I was like, oh, it'll never get delivered the day it comes out. But it did, so I managed to get the Series X and Valhalla. Both days, they both came out, and I was loving it. Fantastic. (laughs) I tell you what, so when you you get your chance, an OLED upgrade really, um, really makes games pop. Really does. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Oh, anyway, Declan, you were telling us about 30 FPS. <laughs> yeah, just essentially. <laughs> it's just the issue that bugs me. Like, I don't care yeah. how a game looks. The game should just have a good story and play well. Like, yeah. come on, Assassin's Creed 1 in 2023 does not look strong. But its story is amazing and its gameplay loop is fun. That's why it should be be considered a good game to play in 2023 but a lot of people on twitter may be like well don't play it, it looks like dog crap <laughs> it's like, see well, I, I don't agree man like i think it same. looks great like honestly like declan have you played it on your series s uh, i played on my series s the only issue i had with it on my series s is the 
um, tone of it is a lot darker than the Ezio mm. games. So it oh, was just, strange. it was the noticeable that even back on the 360, Assassin's Creed 1 does have more of a darker, um, saturated more feel to it. Yeah. Then the Ezio games where it's a bit more light and vibrant and yeah. that's more noticeable on the Series S through the backwards compatibility because um. it is boosting it. So the Ezio collection does feel a little bit more brighter and the Ezio game and AC1 felt a little bit more saturated, but right. I just don't like the load times. That freaked me out. <laughs> oh, it's like, come on, Altia, let's run through the corridors. Boom, I'm in. Uh, it's like an AC1 the when you're loading the game and it's like the woman robotic voice or whatever and it's like you can do you can press this button to do and it like can't even finish the sentence before the game's loaded so yeah it was it was a weird feeling out i think um it i i know we're off tangent we've probably not got a lot of time left but when i got valhalla for the first time i played it on ps4 and i made a joke to my partner that uh, i loaded up Valhalla to go to Norway from England on PS4, and I made a cup of tea in that time. <laughs> I got up my Series S, I did a river raid, I got killed instantly because I was making a cup of tea. Because I did not believe the community when they were raving about SSDs. I thought they were just talking yeah. out their ass because I don't understand technology. But I come back, I'm a cup of tea, and Avar's dead. I'm like, oh, <laughs> what happened? How did the game load so fast? <laughs> What oh, is this like, trickery? Yeah, it's crazy, man. Like, I was not expecting that. Wizardry. Exactly. I'm guessing then, Chris, um, all of your Assassin's Creed, uh, I don't know what they're called on Xbox, trophies, achievements. Yeah, achievements, yeah. Your, your Xbox account must have a full trophy cabinet of Assassin's well, Creed achievements. This is the thing. I've completed every AC game multiple times. Yeah. But... I've never actually had them all on my account at the same time because I've I've had a few accounts throughout the years and then re- just recently in the past few months I'd made a brand new account because I was like right when I was like going to do this streaming thing I'm like right okay I'm going to make this new account I called it Creed Score managed to get that name because I couldn't make it Creed Scholars because that's too many characters for Xbox apparently. Oh come on. I know so so I just made it Creed Scholar and then so I've just been sitting I've I've started every AC AC game again and the goal is to get every single achievement and all of them and get them all done because like I said I've got a copy of each game on there from 1 to Valhalla so get them all complete now that's awesome i'm I'm an absolute achievement hunter like it's always been the thing that's like my weak point it's so ridiculous (laughs) i um i got all the odyssey was my first assassin's creed game i got all the achievements on that um i'd never really chased achievements and i'd I'd got i can't remember i think there's about 90 in that game and i'd got about 80 just through playing the game and i thought right i'll finish this now um and then I went back to Origins, got all of those. And then Valhalla was released. And I got all of the achievements in Valhalla. And then because it became, instead of just being a game, it became a live service game with all these mm. 
new game modes. And as the number of achievements grew, I just thought, I can't be bothered. Yeah, <laughs> it, it kind of it kind of cured my. See, I had this little thought in my head where I'm going to go back and replay all the older games. Maybe I could get all the achievements, and then Valhalla cured me of that because I thought <laughs> I just can't be bothered. I haven't yeah. got the, the I haven't got the interest. But I did I did in um, both Horizon games. I uh, I got the platinum in those. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I'll be honest with you. Like, even though I've been Xbox since the beginning, basically, like I said, never had anything wrong with PlayStation. But now being yeah. on this PS Five now and actually seeing, like, I do prefer the trophy system. I think trophies make more sense than some random number and then the fact that you get a platinum trophy for getting them all that's the part i like that's the ocd in me is just like oh i need all the platinums now same and i'm really surprised maybe i mean maybe i'm missing something really obvious and showing my stupidity here because i'm although i have a ps5 here i generally play on pc yeah um i don't think steam has an equivalent no. of a platinum it's just you get 93 out of 93 or 50 out of 50 which yeah. is fine but i'm really surprised that um that uh, steam hasn't implemented i guess it's up to the game devs yeah. as well to, to implement that but uh, it's weird because like there is a few games on xbox where there is an achievement in it to get all the other achievements like sekiro being one of them ah, so it's okay. like almost like a platinum achievement or basically what it's supposed to be but yeah, it's not a thing that they do on Xbox, and I, I don't understand why, but yeah, I'm, I'm liking the way PlayStation does all that type of stuff, so I'll probably at some point get every AC game that I can on it and go for them. <laughs> you can't, can you play AC, you can't play AC1, can you? Nah. PS3 only. Xbox and PC only. Yeah. Oh, that's a terrible one. <sighs> I really thought in the AC15 event last mm. October that they were going to, they were hinting, I thought they were hinting very heavily that there was going to be an AC1 yeah. remaster, remake, and it would come to next gen. Yeah, I know. Oh, I was that, really surprised that it didn't happen. And then I think they said that it wasn't on the cards or something, did they not? That's like... what they said. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. So look, let's, let, we're not, we're not, so again, like like we've said, we say this every few episodes, we don't want to talk about leaks because yeah. our, our listeners can go and get those from elsewhere. We hope to keep this show like to what has been released, the stories that have been told. Um, but this is not a leak to say that there's been plenty of news articles over the last, to be honest, six, nine months, even a year um, from multiple news outlets so we're not we're not sort of going off some blokes you know twitter account saying trust me bro um there has been a lot of what's the right word reorganization at ubisoft of the games that are in development a lot of stuff allegedly being cancelled now i when they say you know 10 projects have been cancelled or whatever I, i always i don't i don't i always temper that thought with well what, what stage was the project at? Was it a couple of people on a whiteboard sketching out some ideas? Well, okay. Mm. It's not really, a, it's not like they've invested, you know, hundreds of thousands of hours into a project and now they're canceling it. There might be other projects they canceled, which were months or years into their development and they've, they've scrapped them. But the point I'm getting to very slowly is there seems to have been over, over the last year or so, a lot of a lot of shifting of priorities and and moving teams to focusing on fewer and fewer 
franchises. Yeah. Um, and I one one thought I've had, and this is speculation. This is not a leak or any inside knowledge. I have no inside knowledge. One thought I've had is that maybe there was a, a thought at some point last year, the year before, of doing an AC One remaster remake, and it got kind of shit canned with with all the other projects that got shit canned because it's not a priority for them. Yeah. But I just, I'd love them. I mean, I, I'm not a hu- I'm not heavily invested in Resident Evil franchise, so you can ask me questions, and I'll know none of the answers. But I did play RE2 and RE3 remakes at the end of last year really enjoyed them very different gaming experience to what i'm used to um capcom have made a fortune off of yeah. these remakes so and, and there are lots of other remakes out there um so there's clearly a market for people who want to experience you know games of their youth because hey we're talking 15 years aren't we nearly 16 years um but with a with a refresh with an update so i, mean, I feel like if you were sitting down as, as like a project manager putting a business case together it wouldn't be that hard to put the dollar value in the column that says we're going to make a lot of cash out of this. Um, yeah, anyway. I don't understand because I I feel like an Assassin's Creed one remake is like a sure thing, like mm. success mm. wise. Yeah, because yep. I mean, it's something that people have been asking for since like before the Ancient Trilogy even came out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I just that's crazy. It's funny, isn't it? I mean, they. It just totally, I mean, this would never happen, but go all in. Do the Desmond trilogy. Yeah. You know, do all five games, including Bloodlines and um, the other mobile game I always forget the name of. You uh, know, do, do them all. Yeah. Um, do one a year or one every two years, like um, like it's been happening over in the Resident Evil franchise. And you can still keep doing your new games. Yeah. But you can, uh, anyway. I, they I need to put the effort in as well, because, I mean, the AC3 remaster is terrible because it's I was gonna all ask these weird lighting problems. I was going to ask you about that. So AC3 is your your most favourite. Yeah. Tell us about Because that's, oh, that's not an opinion you hear that often. Oh, no, it's not. And I'm very aware of that one. <laughs> I So many people seem to hate AC3 and they seem to hate Connor. And I'm like, why? What is wrong with you? I don't get it. I've only played it once. I played a very quick playthrough. Main story only. And I thought it was, I thought it was a nice change of tone, nice yeah. change of pace, quite a bit more serious. The Ezio games can be a little bit pantomimes, a bit harsh. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? They can yeah, be a little exactly. bit more uh, the light-hearted, very broad Italian accent and stuff. <laughs> Indeed, but I, I um, thought Eighty Three was very, very good. But it does seem to be one that a lot of people dislike. Yeah, I don't know why that is. I mean, I think people were just expect. I think it was too much of a change for a lot of people at the time because I don't know, like. When I started Scholars of the Creed, I was under the impression that it was like literally me against everyone. Like everyone hated AC3 and I was this lone person. But then through talking to people and through the community and stuff, I was like, actually, there's quite a lot of AC3 fans. There's quite a lot of people like Connor as well. There's just this other group that don't really like him for some reason. But um, yeah, no, it's, it is an, an odd one. Like, but. I mean, you, Unity is your favourite, isn't it? I, I, yeah, <laughs> possibly say, you know. Because, yeah, I mean, like, that's also, like, not many people say that about Unity either. Because, I mean, 
that was broken at the time when it came out. But I mean, and I'll tell you, the advantage of playing games like six or seven years after release. I I will be honest with you, right? My background is in like I used to write little guides for GameFAQs. Don't know if you know what that is, right? Yeah, yeah. But I used to do a couple of guides for them way back in the day, and I played Unity the day it came out. I had the decision, I was like, right, am I getting Rogue or am I getting Unity? Right, I'm getting Unity because that's the new one. I want to see, you know, that's the big one. And I played it and yeah, I, I had a couple of problems, but most of my problems actually stem from the fact that I was trying to sync it up with the companion app at the time and trying wow. to get all the wee rewards and stuff like that. So that really messed up my game at one point and I had to restart. I had to delete my memory because... For some reason, that game doesn't have multiple save slots. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I never actually had the amount of problems that everyone else seemed to have. I actually, my Unity experience was kind of plain sailing throughout. So I loved it from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the the famous Unity face um, yeah. was a bug just on one video card, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I, and, uh, you know, so obviously, the fixed, but. Yeah, I, Leo K uh, makes a good point. I forget, was it on one of his live streams or on one of his, might be one of his Unity guides, but Unity can work really well. And then every now and then, mm-hmm. you know, the parkour will just sort of crap out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it depends, obviously, if you're a high skill player trying to move fast, play fast. It, it, I tend to play it, play at a slower, more deliberate yeah. pace. So I think, I think for me, also like you, it generally works well. But it does every now and then. You know, he won't lock on or he won't jump up that ledge. I know he can make. Mm. Um, you know, but yes, sorry again, off topic. It, it is my favorite. Um, what was it about AC three that um, that just particularly? I mean, yeah, the story. It is the story and Connor as a character. I feel Cod- Connor is absolutely tragic as a person i just i feel for him you know what i mean so i just i don't know i always just gravitated towards him and i always just thought he was like really badass as well i mean if you seen connor running at you like and he was gonna kill you like oh my god that, the man is an that would not tank, be good he? <laughs> he's an he's, absolute bear he's like six foot six or something crazy oh, i don't um, even know man he's, he's just he's a machine huge. but yeah he's a <laughs> Yeah. yeah so yeah it was just that and i mean i like the story because i was saying this on that other podcast like i didn't i didn't know much about american history or anything like that beforehand like in school we got taught about i mean british history and stuff like that and the celts and all these things the romans and stuff but we never really learned about american history obviously so when i played that this was all new to me and i thought it was really interesting I was like, yeah, this is pretty cool. And it's like, oh, oh, so the Americans are the good guys and we're killing the British. <laughs> oh, but there's bad guys on both sides. Oh, I like it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just it's a lot of things. It's just a good mm. story, I think. And tree parkour. That's just Oh, mad. yeah. That's just mad. I watched another, someone uploaded, was it Don, Donnie, uh, another big AC3 fan? Yeah. Might not have been him. Someone uploaded a short AC3 tree parkour clip the other day. And it's just magic. To watch watch the movement, you know. Bring it back. Although yes. it won't be happening in a Mirage, I'm sure. <laughs> Mostly desert, I think. That's probably unlikely. It would be nice if they could use the trees 
is sort of connect different parts of the cities maybe but probably not to the same depth as... i mean because you can do it in things like origins and valhalla and stuff that you can get up the trees and mm. can go along mm. certain branches but it's not to the extent of no, no. But... so leaving finishing up then with your your most favorite game uh ac3 i think that's a nice place to leave this uh yeah. episode declan what do you think um yeah um, i like always listen to ac3 because it has haven i like haven yeah haven's nice another amazing character so yes he's probably one of the best templar characters in the franchise oh yeah <clears throat> but i think sadly that is all we have time for this evening um thank you for joining chris um we'll have your socials in the description but can you tell everybody where they can find Queen Scholars? The stalkers? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can come stalk us anytime. Um, you can just, I mean, we mostly uh, post all our stuff on Twitter and it's just at Creed Scholars. And we've got a YouTube channel, same name. Instagram, same name. <laughs> Everything is Creed Scholars. So, <laughs> and so we've, yeah, we've got, uh, and we've got a Discord, we've got a website and got a pika shot uh, yeah pika shot account so come follow us we'll follow you back show us your cool pictures and anything, anything creative man we want to share it we want to see it as long as it's the size of kids but <laughs> and sounds amazing nice. and i'm really hyped for your fanfic i think i may actually join in with this one as i like writing fanfic <laughs> yeah absolutely when me and James had a re- re- uh, organisation in the Discord, I think I got rid of 46 Assassin's Creed poems that I'd written. Did you keep copies of them? Oh, no, I didn't like them. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But there was 46 of them. There was one for Cassandra and everybody else. Yeah. I write too much. Nice. <laughs> but this has been a wonderful conversation, and it's good to hear from you and... I think we're going to be doing more community spotlights in the future. So Definitely. if you would like to be on the community spotlights, now sometimes we do track you down. I don't mean that to be as sinister as it sounds, but... That does sound quite scary. We don't mean <laughs> it like that. <laughs> but if you would like to have our community light shown on you, you can reach out to us through email at assassinscreedletstalk.gmail.com or through Twitter at ACLetstalk, which I do want to make a point that... The AC Let's Talk Twitter is run by me, Declan. Uh, any crazy and wacky theories is my own. <laughs> uh, James does have his own personal Twitter, um, at James Liquid. That yes. I, I am not uh, qualified to run the official account, so... Uh... <laughs> he lies. He, he, he is qualified. I'm just too lazy to create a personal Twitter, so I just hijack the Let's Talk AC one to be Makes sense, link. mate. Makes sense. I think if the podcast stopped, I would just rename the Twitter account and still use it. <laughs> so thank you for everyone listening. Thank you, Chris, again for joining. And we'll see you all next week. See you soon. Bye.